Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. It's a privilege to be in this house today, certainly to be here with you. I want to ask you to join me in the book of Romans chapter 10. I'm going to begin reading at verse number 14 and we'll spend probably most of our time in Romans 10 uh, here today. And uh, just ask the Lord to touch our heart. I really believe that the Lord directed me to this passage of Scripture for this very service. And, um, you know, to set everybody's heart at ease. There's no way I know who's going to be in church. And, uh, but the Lord does. And so we just pray that the Lord will help us. And, and I feel like that whenever we come together that the hand of God will just give us a rhema word, a fresh word, a word pertinent to that moment. And I believe that's what God will do here today. Romans 10, 14, the Bible says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So with the help of the Lord today, I want to just simply talk to you and speak to us this morning about, from this subject, the messenger. Just simply, the messenger. I'm thankful that God sent a messenger my way. Amen. I'm thankful that he sent a messenger my way. Praise God. You can be seated and thank you for your worship thus far today and your attention in our first service. Today we have so much information available to us, it's almost, well, it is overwhelming. You can Google any given subject and, and, uh, and just faster than you can blink an eye, you can have millions of responses and uh, to have to try to thread your way through those, we're highly dependent upon algorithms that help bring, hopefully, what we're really looking for to the surface of all of that. I'd hate to think, and I don't think Google would be a real asset if I had to thread through all those hundreds of thousands of responses trying to find the answer. But there's so much information available to us, and I think it is certainly safe to say that we have more information available to us than any other age in history. And uh, most, of your, most of you possess um, some, sort, uh, some sort of smart device and uh, perhaps a, an, a phone of some sort, a tablet or a computer, whatever it may be. And uh, we have, by the nature of that, we have in our fingertips, it seems, the world. You can find out news travels in seconds instead of days, weeks, months. News travels around the world in seconds. But having all of that information available certainly doesn't mean we understand that information. 
We've looked up some things and read the definition or the meaning of some things, but that didn't necessarily mean there was an aha moment that we truly grasped the depth or the breadth of that particular subject or whatever it might have been. And so if, if we have access to it, but we get it, but we don't understand it, then we're really never going to personally profit from that that came our way. So simply put, just being around information or just having access to information doesn't mean that we necessarily acquire that for ourselves. How many have ever clicked and agreed to terms of agreement that you completely understood thoroughly? You just got through that, and so I see where you're going with this. Or maybe some of us, (laughs) maybe some of us began a wholehearted effort, so well, I want to make sure, and we just kind of got bogged down in the details and all the minutiae and finally just scrolled down to the bottom and said, I agree, and just moved on. We just moved on. Amen. We're going to have a line for the agrees over here and a line for all the skeptics over here when we get through here today. But the bottom line is just having access to that information didn't mean we understood it. It didn't mean that we comprehended it. And so when it comes to salvation, I'm very concerned about some of those things, but certainly concerned when it comes to eternity. And so when it comes to salvation, it's not enough to just be exposed to the truth, to hear it, to have access to it. I've got to receive that. I have got to apply that truth to my life, and then I've got to live by that truth. It can't just be something I came across one day. And then I, I moved on. And so our, our text describes how the Lord made it possible for us to believe. And I believe that in these passages and a few more we'll consider that we'll see the extent to which God has gone to reach out to common man, just humanity, and to make sure that we have access to a better way. Amen. We are not going to be lost by accident. Amen. No one will be lost by accident. You're going to have to decide which way we're going to go. And so I want to just back up one verse. I began reading at verse number 14, but I want to back up just one verse. Romans 10 and 13, Paul said, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, there's a lot of people that would just like to pause right there, stop right there, and just assume that that's all we have to do. However, What we are looking at in verse 13 is just the end result of what Paul continues to talk about. So I think that's imperative to understand. Because in verse 14, Paul begins to somewhat backtrack uh, from the end heading back to the beginning. Simply put, salvation doesn't happen when someone just decides to believe. There's much more involved in it than just that. There's a process involved that, uh, that, that brings the grace of God to human life. There is a process. And so it may, it may culminate in that moment of belief. It may culminate certainly in a moment. I'm not suggesting that, that salvation is some mountain that you can't climb. I'm not suggesting that at all. It may culminate in that moment. But there is something significant about the process that leads us to that moment. There's so much more behind. I believe behind what we may call the call of God. Amen. Behind the call of God is belief. But the Bible says, how can one call on the one they have not believed in? 
Amen. There's something that precedes this. You've got to have someone to plant something in your heart. There must be faith in a person, in that person upon whom we're calling. There has got to be. In other words, if we're not brought to that place where we truly believe that the Lord is real, then we're never going to call on his name. There has to come something. There has to, there has to come something in our lives that ensures and ushers us of that moment. It goes back to Hebrews 11 and 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, number one, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so behind belief is a heard message, a received message, not just a, an exposed message, but a received message. In other words, faith always has an object. Amen. Faith is not some frail feeling. Faith is not some vapor that we're just hoping and hinging something upon our, in, in our lives upon. But true faith is grounded in some objective truth. Faith, confidence in God. Therefore, there must be a message of truth. So that message of salvation must be told if people are going to believe it. Someone has to share the good news, share the gospel. Amen. And so it is faith in that truth that makes a difference. I'm glad that I heard a message that gave me faith in that truth. Something that stirred my heart. Something that did more than just stir me for a moment, but it moved me to action. Amen. It moved us to action. And so uh, today people say things like, if your faith is sincere, then that's enough. But I would tell you there's a flaw in that. Because if your faith is grounded in a lie, then it's not good enough. Our faith has got to be in something that's truth and substantial. And so if, I know this is an absurd example, but if people had faith that they could jump off a building and fly, that would be one thing. But that's a misguided faith because there's a reality behind that. The reality behind that is called gravity. And so we can have misguided faith. We can have all sorts of faith that if I jump, I'll be able to fly. But faith alone does not make it happen. It's got to be grounded in an objective truth. And so faith has got to be grounded in a truth that has value, a truth that we can build something on. Amen. Behind every message, there has to be a messenger and that's what I'm talking about today, the messenger. And so how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And let me set your mind at ease. I'm not talking about the messenger as in me. I may be the messenger in this moment, but I had to have a messenger. Amen. We all had a messenger. We all had someone. How can they hear without somebody preaching to them? The message has to be delivered by someone. And so every day the U.S. mail runs and it, and it most often stops by our home just like it does you. And so they, they have a message, but that message requires a messenger. It requires somebody dedicated and devoted to make sure that the mail makes it to the mailbox or to the intended receiver. Amen. That message has always got to have a messenger and that has always been the plan of God. The message has to be communicated by somebody that believes in it. Amen. Anybody here ever get junk mail? What we call junk mail. 
But I'm glad that the, that the postman or, or the, the man or woman that, that was delivering the mail didn't just thumb through it before it got to my mailbox and said, they don't want that. I'm glad they didn't take that responsibility upon themselves. They realized that there's an address, there's an intended recipient. And so no matter how much they think it's going to clog up or insignificant it may be, I'm thankful that they took their job and their responsibility serious to say, it may only be that today, but this is what I'm leaving. I have a responsibility to communicate the word. I don't want to stand and ever. I remember Brother Mooney many years ago, Brother Paul Mooney, many years ago in a minister session, he said, you know, don't ever gauge your, the, whether or not you preach what God has laid on your heart by the audience that's sitting in front of you. If the Lord has given you something to preach, and it was on a, of course, you know, he was from Indiana. And uh, so he said, if it was on a cold, snowy, nasty Wednesday night when not many people could get out to service, he said, well, don't take that message and say, well, I'm going to save this for when there's more people here. I'm going to save this for Sunday. I'm, no, he said, no, if the Lord gave you a message for that night and, and if, if hardly anyone showed, you preach that message that night because the message requires a messenger. Amen. So you, you don't call it out up front and say, well, I'll just keep this. I'll wait. No. Amen. To be clear, we need somebody to communicate clearly the message of God. I'm thankful today. Amen. The spirit and the power of God gives us those in our lives that are messengers. I want to tell you today that I do have a job or a calling to preach the gospel. But I'm not just standing here this morning because I have a job, or I'm not just standing here because I have a calling. I do have a job. I do have a calling. I do have a responsibility. But I'm standing here this morning, hopefully, preaching with conviction in my voice because I have personally been changed by what I'm talking about here today. This is not something I read about. And I have my fingers crossed in hopes that it works for me and then hoping that it'll work for you. But my life has been changed by the message of Jesus Christ. Amen. Acts 2.38 by repentance and water baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I've personally experienced that. My life has been changed by it. And so I'm not here out of obligation today. I'm here out of conviction. There is something in my heart that tells you, amen, there is a message. I've been deemed and tap to be the messenger today but I just want to tell you that it's real and it works and it revolutionized my life and it'll revolutionize your life I remember when my wife and I were first married and and uh, when you're first married at least in our day maybe it's all most of this is done online probably today but but back then, uh, your name kind of got out in a, on a, a mailing list, and, and uh, we had all sorts of offers of this and that. But anyway, one particular door to door salesman came to our home, and he was trying to get us to buy into something that was going to help us become independently wealthy. Now, goodness knows, I wish I could remember all the details of this to tell you what it was. I can't remember exactly what the product was, but we were sitting at our dining table and, and uh, you know, that was before we, our, our no button wasn't working back then. We didn't know how to tell people no. <laughs> and so we, we, he's in our house now at our dining table and we feel like he's not sure how many days he's going to be there, but he's going on and on and on about the process. And if you just do this and at some point, 
I had to excuse myself to go to the restroom and I walked through our living room and I happened to look outside and I saw the car he was driving. And it was almost held together with bailing wire and duct tape. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. If, if, if this hasn't even worked for you, now it would have been different if there's a white Rolls Royce pulled up in our driveway. Amen. And it makes sure it wasn't rented. But there would be a, there'd be a difference. But, there would, but here's a man who hasn't even been able to drink from the cup. He's trying to sell me. And I, I just thought, wait a minute, there's something wrong. But I, I looked there and I thought that old car, and I'm not making fun of that or making light of that, but I'm just having to think if this message isn't helping him, then how in the world is it going to help me? And if I was standing here today all downtrodden and got, got everything saying, well, I just hope this will work. I'm believing in it. I'm trying to, and I want to try to convince you, then there would be no reason for you to drink of this either. Amen. I'm not preaching something this morning out of obligation. I'm not just trying to obey some kind of contract in my life. No, no, no. Amen. I'm preaching about something that changed my life, but I'm not alone today. Amen. I'm, there's people in this building that said, yes, I have myself. I've drank of the same well that was preached about this morning. I've drank of the same water that was talked about this morning. And it is a life-changing water. It is a life. It is a life-altering experience. I'm not talking about something that just happens in a moment and then soon after we just forget about it. It becomes a distant memory. But I'm talking about the infilling of his spirit that'll go to bed with you at night. It'll wake up with you in the morning. It'll keep you in the stillness. It'll keep you in every season of your life. Praise God. Because the ministry, ministry at large, I understand pulpit ministry and I understand that people are called and, and uh, to to be teachers and to be preachers and evangelists and missionaries and all of the things that go into and are wrapped into ministry. But I do want to say that ministry at large is not just for ordained ministers. We are all, all of us are living epistles by the grace of God. And here's what the scripture says, known and read of all men. You didn't ask for that title. He gave you that title. And so when we walk in, we are known and we are read of all men, not just in a church house. We're known and read of all men when we walk in a hardware store. We're known and read of all men when we walk in any kind of place. Amen. Because God said, I've got to have a messenger. But behind the messenger, there has to be a sender. There has to be a legitimate sender. You don't hear this so much anymore, but when I was young coming up in ministry, you used to hear people say some were called and some were sent and some just picked up the Bible and went. <laughs> Amen. There needs to be a calling, and there needs to be a sending. But to be a sending, there needs to be a sender. And the scripture asks an all-important question, how shall they preach except they be sent? Amen. Now, the following is a curious statement. After that, the apostle Paul said, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. This was a quote. Actually, Paul was quoting this particular phrase out of two books and two prophets. And one of them was the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 52 and 7. And also one of the minor prophets we know as Nahum. The book of Nahum chapter 1 and verse number 15. They both refer to what Paul is referencing here 
how beautiful the feet of them that preach the gospel and bring good tidings of great things. And so God blessed the person that brought a message that leads someone to the saving power of Acts 2.38. Amen. How beautiful are the feet. We may say it another word, another way, when we have a great affection for someone, when we have a great love for someone, we may say we worship the ground they walk on. Amen. There's, there's that affinity to the steps that brought them to us. Amen. How beautiful are the feet of them. He's not talking about the literal feet. He's just talking about how beautiful are the steps. How beautiful are the steps of them that brought us salvation. You'll never forget who brought you. You'll never forget who delivered. You'll never forget who was preaching the moment that the light came on in your heart and you realized I need him and that man or that person, that lady just led me there and helped me to see the way. There should be no doubt in our mind that the sender is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. In, in Acts chapter 8, there was great persecution that came upon the church. I preached about this a few Sundays ago. And as a result, the church was scattered abroad. But the scripture is very specific. It is very plain about stating that the apostles themselves were the only ones that were not scattered. There was a scattering in the church, the New Testament church, but that scattering did not happen among the ministry. The church was spread. And the church was spread because the people in the pews went everywhere. We would say it in the pews today in our, in our vernacular. But they went everywhere sharing the gospel. God anointed them and ordained them. And so if you're counting on some other person to do your preaching for you, amen, then there's going to be people that will never be reached because they don't know them. You know them. They didn't, they didn't cross their path. God allowed you to cross their path. God put you in their lane. And so what about the people that you call friends? They're not going to respond altogether to a stranger. Amen. They're going to respond to people like you that care for them. People that are already connected to them. They're going to respond because God said, I'm going to let your path and your life cross. It seems like this has been the theme for a few services here. And that's all right. But I believe God has us where we are. Because he said, I need you here because I'm going to bring somebody in your path. I'm going to bring somebody to be able to share the gospel with. Amen. I'm thankful today to be a messenger, aren't you? But we're not out here on our own just whimsically following the wind. We've got a sender and that sender is Jesus Christ himself who has filled us with his spirit and so Jesus said go into all the world and preach the gospel. He didn't say that to just a handful. He didn't say that to just a select few. He said that to the entire body of Christ. Amen. We believe that he meant that for the church. Not just for preachers behind the pulpit. The church. And so how beautiful are the feet of them that carry the gospel of salvation. You know, in this building, like any other, like your home, when you flip the switch to turn on the light, if everything's in a working order, the light just comes on. But we know that it's not that simple. You may not understand all the intricacies and the ins and outs of electricity, but we do have enough sense, common sense, to know that it's not just that simple. There's a method to the madness. There's something behind all of this. Amen. And behind all of that are transmission towers. 
Behind all of that are things like substations and behind the ability to flip a switch and a light to come on. There are poles with which wires are strung and they run hundreds and hundreds if not thousands of miles zigzagging all over our community our community, and across our state and our nation. Amen. In truth, there's a great complexity behind that simple act of flipping a switch. There's a lot that goes into that. And so I would say that, that, that there's more than meets the eye. There's more to it than this. You can't just flip the switch and everything's all right. Or in other words, you can't just go to the hardware store and buy a switch and mount that on the wall and think everything's just going to work okay. Amen. It's not the faucet that brings the water. There's a lot of complex intricacies that go into that somebody has to drill down somebody has to hit the water and somebody has to plumb it and somebody has to lead it we can stand and turn on the faucet and think it's magic it's not magic not magic at all there's some complexities that go behind that and by the same token every time somebody receives the baptism of the Holy Ghost it can appear effortless it can almost seem instantaneous however there's a tremendous process behind that amen there was the miraculous birth of Jesus Christ there was a horrific death on a cruel cross there was a burial in a borrowed tomb and there was a supernatural resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ on the third day amen then there was he said I gotta go away but if I go away I'm gonna send a comforter which is my spirit it's not gonna be with you it's gonna be in you hallelujah amen there's that that happening that the fruition of that, the fulfillment of that came on the day of Pentecost in the upper room. And so as this process began with a single individual who reaches that unique place of surrender and repents of their sins, amen, and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. That's what the scripture says. It can look like that just happened in a moment. But can I tell you, amen, there was somebody, there was something, there were many things that were happening to bring that to a moment, to bring that to birth thank God hallelujah thank God that we have access to his spirit thank the Lord we can call on his name and thank the Lord we can be filled with his spirit but I'm going to tell you today we're going to have to surrender and we're going to have to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him praise God amen it started with a prophecy it manifested itself in a manger praise the Lord Praise the Lord. We are here today because of the magnificent power of the Lord. But not, if we look back in Romans 10, not all of the Israelites, and Paul is referring now to some of the Israelites, not all of the Israelites accepted the good news. And so let's look, if we will, at Romans 10, 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For as Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, amen, Paul said, but I say, have not they heard? Yes, verily, their sound went out unto all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. I want us to stay here just a moment. Stay at verse number 18 for just a moment. The Bible says, have they, the world, have they not heard? And then answers the question. Yes, their sound. Talking about the church. Talking about us this morning. Went out into all the earth. 
and their worlds unto the ends of the world. Now think about that. All of their words unto the ends of the world. Have they not heard? Yes, they've heard. Amen. Have they not heard? Yes, they've heard. How did they hear? They heard because the sound of the gospel went forth. Look at verse number 19. He said, but I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people. And by a foolish nation, I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. Now stay at verse 20 for just a moment. The verse that God is speaking to and through Isaiah says, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. Paul is sharing a truth that perhaps should be obvious to us. Even though people encounter the message of the Lord, not everybody will accept it. Amen. This is a hard truth, but it is nevertheless the truth. It's a reality that we must contend with every day of our life. And it would just be wonderful if everybody you met was not only eager to hear, but they were eager to receive it and believe it and apply that to their life. But sadly, that's not the case. Because to some people, the gospel isn't welcome news because they are content going their way and doing what they're doing. And the idea of making some radical change is an absolute turnoff. And they seem that, see that more as an intrusion than a welcome change. Amen. They want to be able to do whatever I want to do because that's the world. That's how we're conditioned. You, you just do whatever you want to do. You think whatever you want to think. You have it. It's the Burger King mentality, I call it. You have it your way. Amen. But notice, he did not say that physically hearing the message was truly hearing the message. Because you can hear the message with your ears but not really get the message. And there are many wives that would confirm that for me here today. Amen, that we hear the message, but we don't always hear the message. Faith comes out, amen, faith comes only when we have truly heard that with our heart and not just with our ear, but we got it. There was an aha moment, there was something that moved us. Jesus in his message to the seven churches of Asia, if we look in the book of Revelation, would challenge them by saying this, he who has ears to hear let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Can I tell you today that even though there is a, a messenger and even though there is a sending, it is in the sending. That's where we've got to hang our hopes because while the messenger is speaking today, I don't want you to just hear me. I want you to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Not just hear what the, this mouthpiece is saying to the church, but hear what the Spirit is saying. Obviously, it would be possible and even probable that many would not have ears, even though they have physically and intellectually heard the message, they would not receive it in their heart. Amen. I would tell you today that I want to wake up every day and say, Lord, let me hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Let me hear what the power of God, the yearning and the wooing and the, and the, of the Spirit of God is because true hearing is revealed in a response. We've just got to respond. We've got to, be, we've got to respond if you're moved by a message. If someone says from their heart to you, I love you, it is nearly impossible 
not to respond to them. That respond doesn't have to be another mechanical, I love you too. Amen, that's nice. But there's always a response because sometimes we can say that with our eyes and say more with our body language than we can even say with our voice. But hearing something demands, mandates a response. And so we know that a person is truly heard when they respond to faith because faith comes by hearing, but just hearing not with the ears, hearing with the heart. And sadly, there are people that hear with their ears but not hear with their heart. But God never gives up declaring the message because we're in a dispensation of grace. In the case of Israel, Paul indicates that they had heard the message because God was always revealing it to them in a variety of ways. I think this is interesting. In a variety of ways. And then Paul quotes something out of Psalms 19. He says, their voice has gone out unto all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. Now, if you read more of Psalms 19, you'll find out that it reveals how God has given a great revelation of himself that goes beyond the message and the messenger. Are you with me now? Psalms 19 says that God has revealed himself by nature alone. Amen. Yes, there's got to be a message and there's got to be a messenger. There's got to be a sender. But the Lord said, I, I, I haven't put all of my confidence in just one vehicle. I'm revealing myself everywhere you look. Amen. Psalm says heavens are telling the about the glory of God and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Who but God could do such things as these? Amen. God said, I'm going I'm to make sure that when you look at a peacock that you don't just say, hmm, how about that? But I'm going to make sure that you think, who but God could do something like that? When you think about the delicate balance of nature itself, Amen. How the earth perfectly fit on its axis right now, spinning. Amen. Fast enough to keep everything going. Amen. But not so fast that it slings us into oblivion. And we have to ask ourselves, who but God could do such things as these? I'm not here today to get into all of this, but if we just thought about the eye, the eye of a human being and everything that an eye has the capacity to do, if you could break it all down, we would have to walk away and say, who but God could do something like this, Brother Williams, to think that there was some random explosion and this all was the end result. How absurd. Amen. To think about the human body and how many cells, to think about the human brain and everything that a human human brain can do. Amen. How could we not back away and say who but God could do something like this. And so he said yes I'm going to have a preacher and yes I'm going to have minister and yes I'm going to have ministry but I'm going to fix the world in such a way that you can't look this way without seeing my glory. You can't look up without seeing my glory. You can't look down without seeing my glory. My, You can't look anywhere without seeing my glory. The day shows my glory but the night shows my majesty just as well everywhere you look days point
pour forth into speech and night declares the knowledge of God. That's what David said. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Amen. That's what David said. He said, yet their voice goes throughout all the earth and the worlds to end. Amen. It goes everywhere. And so there is a message declaring the truth of God's word and the sanctity and the power of God. And it's not just found at a pulpit. It's not just found behind an open Bible. It's not just found behind a wooden desk. You can't walk out of this building without seeing the majesty of God. You won't be able to look anywhere without seeing the majesty of God. And we clap our hands. <coughs> Hallelujah. Amen. There is this universal proclamation. And so if we won't tell it, the mountains will tell it. If we won't declare it, the, the clouds will say, I'll do it. If we won't share it, amen, the sunset will say, I'll take care of it. If we won't tell it, the sun, the sunrise says, I got it, I got it. Hallelujah. Amen. God said, I'm going to declare my power and my majesty everywhere. There has to be a universal proclamation of the, of the gospel. We can find it everywhere, even through nature. In Romans 1 and 19 and 20, Paul mentions something powerful. Amen. The Bible says in Romans 1, 19 and 20, because that, which, because that which may be known of God is manifested in them, for God has showed it unto them. Verse 20, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Wow. Brother Williams, that's a frightening scripture. Amen. That is a frightening scripture, brother. Amen. Brother, brother Wayne Davis, that's a frightening scripture. He said, everywhere you look, there's going to be my, the manifestation of my power. Why? So that they are without excuse. Amen. So here's the answer to an age-old question. People say, well, what about those that have never known the Lord? Or what about those that have never heard about God? Can I tell you, he's not referring to those that sit down across a dining table from a flip chart. Amen. Of a Bible study, you can't turn, no matter where you go, you're going to see the handiwork of God, the majesty of God and so I would answer that question today when somebody said what about those that never heard about him, I will tell you there aren't any people that have never heard about God because you can't open your eyes and not know there is a God, you can't open your eyes, you can't walk out, you can't take a breath of air, you can't function every day without realizing there's a power beyond me there's a power beyond me, I'm not talking about a mystical power I'm not talking about a hope somewhere without without description but I'm talking about a hope that is found hallelujah in this word this word became flesh John said in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God but just keep reading in John 1:14, he said that word became flesh and it dwelt among us that became flesh in a manger in Matthew 1 his name Emmanuel thou shalt call his name Emmanuel you can call his name Jesus Amen. He walked among us, dwelt among us. Aren't you thankful for the messenger today? Praise God. Amen. Everywhere people know something about God because He is revealed everywhere. 
And so there is a universal proclamation. (laughs) Sit on your porch in the morning. Drink a cup of coffee. Sit on your porch this afternoon just before dusk and drink a cup of coffee. Somewhere there'll be birds. They're declaring His glory. They're declaring His power. Amen. No, they don't have a Bible study under their wing. No. You know, I'm not talking about that. I know that there's instruction, and I'm not, I'm not demeaning that at all. But I'm talking about something is declaring His glory. Something is declaring His glory. Amen. I'll ask our musicians to come. I want to talk in closing today from the last scripture I'll read this morning from Romans 10. And that is verse 21. The Bible says, but to Israel he saith all day long. I have stretched forth my hands. Listen. I have stretched forth my hands unto disobedient and then in the King James Version, it uses the word gainsaying people. That word means obstinate. All day long, I have stretched forth my hands to disobedient and obstinate people. Israel rejected a message concerning the Lord. Many people today reject it as well, but God is patient because He said, you know, where, you know where the Lord is today? He's standing with outstretched arms. That's where he is right now. With outstretched arms. He said, all, all day long, all day long have I stretched forth my hands unto disobedient and obstinate people. It might break the heart of God. Hear me this morning. It might break the heart of God, but not to the point he won't be right back. With outstretched arms. Amen. Because God is patient, continuing to show mercy And here's the truth of the matter. That even though people reject him, God is patient with them all day long. All day long. I'm going to reach. I'm going to reach. I'm going to reach. And when you think about it, that day has lasted for thousands of years now. Amen. This is a picture of a loving God standing with open arms, inviting people to run to him because his patience reveals his mercy. Real mercy. Not assumed mercy, but real mercy. So I'm going to ask you to stand, if you will, with me this, this, this morning. So they'll never be able, one person will never be able to stand in eternity, point their finger hypothetically at God and accuse Him of having no mercy or no compassion. Because He said, I was reaching so it's not just sermons we got to worry about walking away from. It's sunsets. It's sunrises. It's the beauty and the majesty of God everywhere. 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 He said many times God could have just painted everything army green and been done with it. But he said, I want you to see my beauty. I want you to see the majesty. I want you to see the intricacies, the delicacies of which I made everything. And so I will tell you today, if people are lost, it won't be God's fault. Because he said, I had a messenger. I had a messenger. Amen, I had a messenger. Because the messenger really is everywhere. I I know... 
primarily we're thinking about humanity as a messenger and I understand that but he didn't relegate it to that he said my truth is going to be declared everywhere 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 amen I wonder if across this building this very moment we could close our eyes and we could open our heart amen even with our voices we could ask God to help reveal your truth to me Lord, help me to have the courage, the confidence to receive what it is that you're wanting me to experience. Help me to not just hear this with my ear, but help me to hear it with my heart. In the name of the Lord. Let's this message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.